Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. Happy to see you. My name's Kieran, as uh, Jim and Dominic said, and it's great to be speaking to you for these next few minutes. I want to say hello to you if you're watching online. So welcome. So glad you've tuned in as well. We're going to be, uh, we've already heard from Dominique. She read from one of the accounts of Jesus' life in Matthew's gospel. Gospel means good news. There's four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each one of them has got amazing details of what happened when Jesus was crucified and rose again. And I loved it this morning, Dominique. You read from Matthew's account. And we're going to be looking at Mark's account of the resurrection, there isn't time to look at all the accounts and all the detail, but each one of them is amazing. And in Mark chapter 16, it says this, it says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so they might go to anoint the body of Jesus. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, As they went to the tomb, they asked each other, who will roll the stone away? But as they looked up, they saw the stone, which was really large. And this is what Dominique was talking about this morning. The stone, which was really large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe and sitting on the right side. It's just, they're alarmed. It's not surprising. When you read the other accounts of the, the resurrection, it said that he was like, in the Matthews account, that you were, it, was like, it was like lightning. And they saw this young man sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. He says, do not be alarmed. And then he says this, you're looking for Jesus The Nazarene. So, Lord, it's Jesus, a human being that lived on this planet. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. The angel declared, he has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, He's going ahead of you into Galilee, just as he told you. And it says there that trembling, bewildered, obviously terrified, the women fled from the tomb. They fled. And they didn't say anything to anyone because they were so afraid. Amazing words, aren't they? And you could look at each one of those accounts and, and hear words like that. And I love it that in, in the Matthew's account, this amazing angel, it says, he comes down, he rolls the stone away. He's like lightning. And the Roman guards that were guarding the tomb, and if you think about Roman, you know, hardened Roman soldiers, it says they were so terrified, they shook and became like dead men. Oh, the irony. The living act like they're dead, the one that was dead is alive. Got to love that. I love Easter. I think there's a few people that love Easter here, but for some of you, maybe this is a a new thing. Maybe you've decided to tune in today. Maybe this is new to you. 
But we're here declaring. Not that we're following and worshipping a dead religious leader, but actually we are worshipping somebody that we know to be alive, and his name's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ who's alive. Now, I don't know if you know this, before I, while I was getting mic'd up, I was talking to our tech team at the back there. I don't know if you know this, but most weeks our tech team say, right, I've got a word for you, try and get this word into the talk. Did you know that? <laughs> I don't know if you know that. I'm getting, like, this is behind the curtain, right? I'm giving our little secrets away. And this morning's well, they just said, get the word pickle into your talk. Look, I'm sorry, guys. This is important, what I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention the word pickle, all right? I just want to make that clear. But it's interesting, around this time, you know, I, I guess a lot of people associate Easter with uh, bunnies, with Easter eggs. I mean, you know, we love chocolate. But, you know, it, it's not necessarily... They're not necessarily thinking about this risen Christ anymore. In this, in this age we live in, in the country we live in, live in that's fairly secular. People aren't thinking about it. So I, I, I love what happened in this little place, this little village in Yorkshire called Akum. I don't even know if I pronounced it right. But the parish church there wanted to declare to their community that Jesus Christ was crucified, but he rose from the dead. So they decided what they were going to do in their little parish church. They were going to put up some banners, some vinyl banners. And this is what they put up. Can you put it up for me? Can you read that? It says, Chris is risen. <laughs> it's just a tragedy, isn't it? This is on the BBC News. Chris is risen. Obviously, the person who was doing it just thought, I don't know, we're getting some money for this. Chris is risen if that's what they want. Christ is risen. Not Chris. Chris hasn't done anything. It's Jesus Christ. Christ, do you know what that means? Messiah. It means the one that God chose before the beginning of time to come and be crucified and to rise again so we may have new life. It's not Chris's risen. Do you know, one of the times I've spoken at this church, I was going to say recently, feels recently, but I think the weather's been so bad. But uh, at Christmas time, I had the privilege of speaking at our carols at King's uh, services. And I remember uh, in one of, the, one of the, I think we did three, and in one of them I said, look, you know, the reason that, that Christians are called Christians, it's because of Christ. The first bit is Christ. It means followers of Christ. And I said, let's face it, you know, Christ has done so much in my life, but Ian's never done anything for me. <laughs> if you take Christ out of Christian, you're just left with Ian. And with all due respect, Ian's not done anything for me. And then after we were having mince pies in the cafe, this guy comes up to me and gives me a mince pie. I'm talking to two of my friends who don't normally come to church. He goes, can I give you this? I said, I thought it was a bit random. He goes, yeah. He goes, my name's Ian. <laughs> he said, now you can't say Ian's never done anything for you. So I'm going to publicly testify now. Ian's changed my life. That's why I'm here. Christ crucified. Christ by highest heaven adored. Christ, the everlasting Lord. It's what we sing at Christmas, isn't it? We've got this amazing account in 
Mark's gospel of the women going to the tomb. And do you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but women were last at the cross. They were there when Jesus Christ was buried, and they were first at the tomb. And if you're wondering, can this be true? Can it be true that somebody rose from the grave? If you know anything about that period of time, the amazing thing is that this will help you to realize, actually, that this is true. Because in those days, a woman's testimony was not seen as reliable. In most courts of law, women were not allowed to testify as a witness. And yet every account records that when Jesus rose from the grave, the people that first met him, first witnessed this, were women. Now look, if you're going to start some sort of religious cult, the one thing you wouldn't have done in those days to try and convince people that this dead person you followed was actually alive when really you knew he was still dead, you'd say that women were the first to see him. You wouldn't have said it. After the bit that, um, uh, that Dominique read in Matthew's Gospel, it says, and follows on from what I said, they fled from the tomb, the women ran from the tomb, and they ran into Jesus. And it says, Jesus said, greetings. And they realized it was Jesus. It said, they fell at his feet and clasped his feet and worshipped him. And in that account, he says, you know, don't hold on to me, but go tell my, my disciples I'm going ahead of you into Galilee. You see, we worship a risen Saviour. His name is Jesus. The sign that was hung above the cross of Christ as he was crucified was this. This is Jesus. You can take that down now. Christ is risen. Thanks, Grace. This is Jesus. It's the whole reason he came. To die on the cross. Why did he die? He died as a substitute in your place and my place. You might know this, but he died for the sin of the world. The wrong that you've done and that I've done. See, what, what do we do with guilt? What do we do with shame? Do you just live with it? What do you do with the, the history that you have? What do you do with the guilt that you carry for the things that you know you've done wrong? See, the Bible says we've all sinned. We've all offended the living God. We've all fallen short of God's perfect standard, which is no sin. But God loves us so much, he's not left us in that situation. But, but what do you do with the, with the guilt? What, what do you do with the shame? You know, last, the end of last year, I... I, I so privileged in, I don't know if you know that in this building, every week there's thousands of people come through this building. I don't get to meet them all, but I get to meet some of them. And just as I travel around and things that I do through my work and then in other settings, I get to meet just fascinating people, people in all sorts of walks of life, including this lady here, if you can put the slide up, Grace. This is a lady, her, uh, she's a political analyst and... Uh, uh, she is also an author. Her name's Katrin, she's German, and last year I had the privilege of meeting her. Now, what's unique about her is her name is Katrin Himmler, and this is a picture 
of her great uncle. If you put that up as well, Grace. He's the man nearest the camera. So her grandfather was Ernst Himmler, Himmler's brother. Her grandfather was killed at the end of the war. The, the narrative in her family was that Heinrich Himmler was an outlier. He was a bit of a black sheep. I think most people in this room watching online probably know who Heinrich Himmler is. The very fact he's standing next to Hitler there, he was Hitler's right-hand man. He was head of the SS, the Schutzstaffel. He was the, really the architect of the Holocaust. And that was her great uncle. And as she grew up, the family would say, yeah, he, he was kind of out there. But as she tried to process this, she realized that maybe there were things that in her family life that were not quite as it seemed. To cut a very long story short, she uh, did research and she realized that all of her family were committed Nazis. Even the grandmother, her grandfather was killed, was uh, sending gifts to Nazi war criminals that were on trial for uh, being linked with the atrocities. And what do you do with that? What do you do with that? What do you do with it? What do you do with it when she said that when she was 15 years old, she's in a class at school and they're talking about the Holocaust because in Germany it's part of the curriculum. They're talking about the Holocaust and a young man in her class puts his hand up and says, excuse me, Mr. The teacher, we've got somebody in our class called Himmler. Is she related? What do you do with that? Now, actually, to cut a long story short, she has actually committed her life to serving to make people aware of the terrible things that are involved in her family. But she said, it's incredibly hard. You can only begin to imagine what it must be like to carry that sort of history and legacy. I think we've seen enough of that picture, if that's all right. And, and what, about, what about your history and legacy? See, guilt is tied in with a specific thing that maybe you've thought, that you've said or done. The Bible says it's sin. So if you've thought badly of somebody else, if you've done something to somebody else, if you've said something that you know is wrong to somebody else, the Bible says it's sin. It, it, it separates us from God. That's guilt. It's specific. You can put it, can, you can time it. You know, at that moment, I did that thing. And I know because I've lived with things and I've, I've carried those things. I know the moments when I did and said things or thought things. But shame is different. Shame is what we carry, even if we know maybe, maybe shame can be linked with things that have been done to us. Maybe, I don't know, uh, for this lady, whether she feels shame for her family background. But I know I feel shame for some of the things that I've done, specifics. But sometimes shame just lives with us, even if we try to find forgiveness. So where do you go with that? Well, this is where it comes back to our story. These women, they thought they'd seen something 
in this amazing teacher, this miracle worker, this Jesus, this one that they'd followed. And then the angel says to them, you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. See, what do you do with it? You go to the cross. You take that thing that you, you know, that sin or the sins you've got, you go to the cross and you say, Jesus, I know that I've done wrong, but I'm looking to you to take the punishment that I deserve for these things. You came so my sin, my wrongdoing would not separate me from you, God. That's why you came. Somebody prayed it out here. I don't know who it was in that lovely moment as people prayed. It is finished, is what Jesus said from the cross. What's finished? He's paid for it all. All your guilt, all your shame. It's wiped clean. It's gone forever. The Bible says as far as east is from the west, so far has our loving God removed our transgressions, our sins from us. It says it's like a millstone that's been cast into the depth of the sea. Your guilt and shame is dealt with. That's what this is about. You're watching at home or wherever you're watching this. That's what it's about. It's about a Jesus. This isn't a club. This is about us celebrating. The reason I'm here is because when I was in my 20s, Jesus Christ came and called me and said, I love you. I want to save you out of your sin. Come follow me. Irresistible. What else could I do? I'd screwed my life up so much. Successful on the outside. But I needed a saviour. Do you know what? You need a saviour here today. Some of you today need to make a choice. Am I going to follow this risen Jesus or not? And he'll deal with your shame. He'll deal with your guilt. My favourite moment in the Easter narrative, I think, one of my favourite moments, is when Christ is on the cross being crucified. There are two criminals, one on either side. They're hurling abuse at him, abusing him, swearing at him. And then there's a moment where one of them realises, no, no, there's something different about this man. I think, I don't know for sure, it's when Jesus said of those that were crucifying them, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. I think maybe there's a light bulb moment Maybe for you watching here now, maybe for you in this room, there's a light bulb moment as you realise he died for me. And as they're on the cross, three condemned men dying a criminal's death, he says to Jesus, maybe it's his last words, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I mean, naked on a cross. You talk about feeling guilt and shame. A robber, a thief, a rebel, as he's described. Jesus, remember me. And Jesus says these words to him. And he says it to you. Today, or whenever today is for you, whenever you are going to die, it might be today, but today you'll be with me in paradise. Guilt gone. Shame gone. Forever. He'll be with him. I love it. He's alive. Jim and Dominic mentioned about the Alpha course. It's a a fantastic experience. I think I've run online over these last couple of years 20 Alpha courses. I know some of you are watching, some of you are in this room. 
I'd say, uh, as an evangelist, which is somebody who talks about Jesus, it's been the most fruitful thing I've ever done as a Christian. It's running Alpha Online. You can do it in person, but hey, you know, I've got a net, and it's working. <laughs> I ain't chucking that in. Maybe it's something you want to experience. So I'm running an Alpha course at the moment. I've got some beautiful guests. I think some are watching. Got some beautiful guests on there. And unusually, two weeks ago, uh, none of my guests could make it by one. And she contacted me and said, look, I know this is really unusual because we're about eight weeks into it. It runs over about ten weeks. About eight weeks into it. But I've met this person. I think they really need to know about Jesus. Just one of the guests on Alpha. So I said, well, normally we wouldn't really do that. But look, people have been sick for various reasons. They, they can't make it tonight. So unusually, there was just the three of us. It was my Alpha guest friend, her friend that she'd met a couple of weeks before, and me. And her friend comes on. And for confidentiality, I don't want to mention names or anything like that. She comes on and starts to describe her life. And bless her. It's just like a car crash. Wrestling with addiction. Trying to make sense of just so much pain that's been inflicted on her. Trying to make sense of life. And we're just there listening and ask a few questions and she's just pouring it out. and Just quite emotional. And she's saying, I mean, you know, People that come on Alpha generally are people that don't really do church and God. So she's like, I don't effing believe in God. I don't this effing that. And, you know, she's effing and jeffing, which is fine by me. But she said, maybe you could do one of those prayers. But she's aware through, she goes to AA, that there's a, like a higher power. She said, maybe you could say one of those prayers for me. So I said, yeah. So I got my friend who's just become a Christian on Alpha. I said, could you say a prayer? And she said, I found this prayer the other day. And she read a prayer by St. Francis. And I said, okay, if I pray. And I just prayed a simple prayer. Bear in mind, we're on Zoom. There's no like atmospheric music playing in the background. I'm not trying, it's not like, well, wait there. I'm just on the keyboard, you know, <laughs> trying to make a moment. And I just prayed. Look, I, my prayers aren't great. I just prayed a simple prayer. I said, Jesus, you're alive. Let this dear lady who doesn't know anything about you or God, may she know your peace. And she said her head was like a washing machine was the way she described it. Just the thoughts swirling around. As I'm praying, I can see on the screen she's just absolutely sobbing. And I just said amen at the end. Honestly, guys, it was not a great prayer. I said, amen at the end. And she's like wiping her face. She says, look, she says, this is my bed. It's just soaking. Just been praying so much. She goes, what the F was that? What was it? What was it is what she's saying? What was it? I felt something. She said, the washing machine thing in my head has stopped. My mind's clear. I'm feeling at peace. What the F was that? And look, you might be offended by me. So I'm trying to make the gravity of a world that's hurting. And Jesus accepts anybody. He's not worried about their language. He loves people. 
And she's going, what was that? And I said, you know what? That's Jesus. Because he's alive. He's risen from the grave. He was crucified for our sin. But now he is alive. Two weeks ago, he's alive. He's touching people's lives. And he can touch yours right now. You're watching this. Right now he can touch yours. If you're in this room today and you're thinking, you know, I've been to this church for a while. Maybe it's the first time. You can reach out to him and all your guilt and shame can be removed. I wonder if our wonderful band could come back up because I want to give you an opportunity to just pray a simple prayer. Awkward. Just killed the moment there. <laughs> Do you know, after last Tim, where's Tim? I prostrate myself before you, Tim. Last time I gave Tim such a hard time. I've been so good, Jim. I've been so good in this tour. I've been so good. And I've just blown it. In a moment, we're going to sing. Come on, you. you've taken the time on YouTube to watch this. Don't leave it there. Don't stop at that. Don't stop with some form of religion. Do you know your guilt and shame can be removed? You can know God. Do you know if you're sitting in this room? Yeah, come on, you've made the effort to come here today. Maybe you've come over weeks. Maybe even you're somebody that's done Alpha. Maybe you've done Alpha several times. Maybe you're an alcoholic. <laughs> Maybe I would form AA for people like me that have done 20 in a row without a break. Sorry, I said that to make me look good. Come on, why not seal the deal? See, there's a line to cross. It's not just knowing about this. You've got to step over the line. It's like you're in or you're not in. You're part of Jesus' family or you're not. You're born from above, born again. There's a new life that he gives you by his spirit or you're not. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you now watching this. And I'm going to pray for us in this room. And I want to give you an opportunity just to respond. So it can sometimes help to close your eyes. You can pray with your eyes open, but I'm going to ask you if you want to close your eyes, do it at home. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'm going to, metaphorically, I'm going to take you by the hand and say, friend, this is my friend and saviour, Jesus. To do that, you're going to need to say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong I've done, the guilt that you have, and maybe the shame you carry. You're going to need to say sorry. You're going to need to say, God, it's only by your cross I can know forgiveness. And you're going to say, God, come and make me new. Cleanse me. So I'm going to leave this in a prayer and you can sort of repeat it in your heart after me. Jesus, thank you, you died on the cross for me. Just repeat this. Thank you, you died on the cross for me. I'm sorry for my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to 
Come into my life. Cleanse me. I want to make you the leader of my life. Help me to follow you. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the King's Church, Mid-Sussex. To connect with us online, visit tkc.org.uk. We hope you'll join us again soon.